Hey everyone, welcome to episode 31, Truck Safe Live, the show where we and our guests tackle the hot button issues impacting highway transportation. I'm Brandon with Truck Safe and Childress Law. This is Rob. Rob, what's up? Not a whole lot. How's it going? It's going all right. Rob's co-hosting with me today. How about that? We're going to see how that goes. You've worked your way up from guest to co-host. I guess. How's that feel? How's that feel? Good for the first week. We're going to find out. <laughs> We're going to find out on the next show if I'm coming Yeah, back we'll see not. if you make it to the next show or not. But yeah. uh, Jared has left me. Uh, he's out hunting in Colorado this week. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what he comes back with. It's always interesting. Uh, but anyway, this is, uh, like I said, a show where we and our guests tackle the hot button issues impacting highway transportation. Uh, this is episode 31 called Making Good Impressions. Got a great show in store talking about things that uh, motor carriers can and should be doing to make themselves more appealing to their broker and shipper customers or potential customers so uh it's come up a lot recently with a lot of our clients it's always top of mind for particularly the, the smaller carriers but but everybody really so i uh, got a lot of thoughts on it excited to have a, a special guest with us today so we'll get into that in a minute uh, before we do, if you're here with us, say hey in the comments. always like to see who's around. Um, and as we go along, certainly throw any questions or comments that you have in the chat, and we will get to them as they come up. A few things going on before we get to the main topic uh, at TruckSafe and in the industry. Uh, first up, uh, we mentioned this last show, but I wanted to welcome Rob on board to TruckSafe officially. Uh, he is now our VP and Director of Managed Services, so welcome, Rob. Thank you. Good to be here. No, we're excited Not to have. We're going to figure that one out, but yeah, I we've got great things in store. We, you know, as I've said in past shows, we've always got a lot, a lot of stakes in the fire at Truck Safe, and uh, and uh, we get to a point where there's only so much that Jared and I can do. So we're finally starting to grow, and couldn't be more excited to have Rob on board. Uh, just have have loved following you over the years, Rob, with all your content that you're posting, and uh, all the good work you do for the industry, and and your background. Just um, it's it's hard to beat. So excited to have you on board looking forward to where we're able to take this to the next step so um let's see what else do we have going on uh one thing i will mention i mentioned a lot of stakes in the fire we actually have some really big news coming up out of truck safe i think it's going to be uh uh pretty exciting for a lot of folks in the industry can't can't release it right now unfortunately but stay tuned um in the next couple of months we should be able to release some information on this new project new exciting project that we've got going on uh so stay tuned for that uh and then also if you haven't already joined our truck safe fleet compliance network um be sure to do so this is available at trucksafenetwork.com also we have an app in the app store in the google play store this is a social network for fleet safety professionals to gather together learn from one another ask questions and also have access to all of our dot compliance content that we do through TruckSafe uh articles videos podcasts everything like that free to join trucksafenetwork.com um hope to see you there other than that what else is going on in the industry um, that's worth talking about over the last couple of weeks? Rob, have you seen anything come through? seems like it's been a pretty quiet couple of weeks compared dry to spell, which means there's a lot coming somewhere soon. <laughs> yeah. The, the floodgates are going to open soon. I fear. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of anything. So it's been, you know, the quietness kind of makes you worry a little bit, but calm before the storm. The biggest uh, noise is actually somewhat what we're talking about today is, you know, 
the the bottomed out market and what carriers can do to to improve their reputation and, and get more get more work. Yeah, that seems to be uh, for sure uh, one of the top issues. In fact, we we discussed this on our last show, but Atri uh, American Transportation Research Institute recently came out with its uh, annual list of top issues impacting motor carriers and drivers and uh, the economy was was on that list as it as it has been in the past but not as prominent as it was this time around so definitely a concern a lot of folks feeling the the pain of that um, and so hopefully some of the stuff we talk about on today's show can help maybe alleviate some of those issues but uh, but we'll see but other than that uh, I agree I not much news uh, in the past couple of weeks the one thing that that did come down it's been probably three weeks or so now I think um, uh, FMCSA is extending its comment period on its advanced notice of proposed rulemaking related to safety rating um, methodology the way that we assign safety ratings uh, folks who watch the show will remember we've talked about this on past shows uh, pretty extensively, and I've, we've written some articles on it at trucksafe.com. But there's a real potential there for a pretty big shakeup in the way that the FMCSA assigns safety ratings to motor carriers. If you're not familiar with that and you're a motor carrier, you should really read up on it and you should submit your comments. Comments were originally due at the end of October, but they've extended that. Um, presumably because they're getting a lot of comments and now you have until the end of November of 2023 to get your comments in. Here's my biggest concern with that rulemaking. I've said it before, but if I'm reading the tea leaves here, it looks like what we are probably going to be uh, up against is the potential for the FMCSA to be using a motor carrier's CSA scores, at least in part to set their safety rating which has never been done historically. Historically, these safety ratings have been uh, issued only after a motor carrier has been through a, a, a DOT audit, a, a compliance review. That's what it has taken uh, historically for a motor carrier to get a safety rating. Problem is, not very many carriers get audited each year. Um, I think the numbers are less than 80%. Um, no less than 20% of motor carriers registered with the DOT have ever been audited. And so that what that leaves is a lot of motor carriers that the FMCSA has just never really evaluated. Um, and so they're trying to, they're wrestling with a way to do that where they can, uh, they can evaluate a bigger universe of motor carriers and potentially assign a safety rating. They, they tried this back in 2016 and the proposal back then was to tie it to CSA scores. And that proposal just got so many negative comments that they eventually just withdrew it. But here we are again, 2023 FMCSA is considering it again. Thoughts on that, Rob? Um, I, I'm not, I'm not in love with it. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I guess it kind of goes to what I was, I was reading a story uh, maybe a week ago where they were talking about, there was, I think it was Dooner and he was talking about somebody tying your safety scores to, uh, or your insurance, I think it was to your, um, telematics stuff, your telematics data. So it was like, you know, how accurate is that data and is it good information? And sometimes those, sometimes that information can be skewed too. too. So, um, you know, I, I've just never been a fan of that idea. So, yeah, I've always been a little concerned, not a little, uh, very much concerned about um, the reliability of the CSA data and yeah. and particularly a motor carrier's 
inability to meaningfully challenge erroneous data that inevitably gets put on their scores. You know, uh, they get stopped for a roadside inspection. Officer writes up a violation. It's just an incorrect violation. Officer uh, misinterpreted the law or something like that. Happens every single day to lots of motor carriers. And right now, the avenue that the motor carrier has available to them to contest that is the data cues system. But those data cues appeals get reviewed and adjudicated by the same agency that issued the violation to begin with. So there's just real no due process available to the carriers. That was my That's always been my biggest hesitation to move to a system where we're tying a carrier's safety rating. It's lifeblood to CSA scores is that lack of due process. Now, to FMCSA's credit, after they announced this uh, ANPRM, this Advanced Notice of Proposed Rulemaking pertaining to safety ratings, they came out with another notice suggesting that they are thinking about updating the data cues process and setting up some kind of an independent uh, review board that would essentially be more due process available to the carriers. So if that goes through, and I have no reason to believe it won't go through, I bet it gets quite a bit of support from industry folks. Um, then maybe I have a little less heartburn with starting to come up with a different way of handling safety ratings. But until we get to that point, I just think it's a bad idea. So point is, uh, notice, uh, comment period is extended until the end of November. If you as a motor carrier uh, or a driver, whoever, has anything to say about that, make sure you go in and, and file your comments. Um, this is your opportunity to kind of shape the, uh, the way that that regulation ends up. Um, okay. That's going to wrap things up for, in terms of what's going on in the industry. Before we segue into today's topic, I wanted to, uh, say a quick thanks to the sponsor of today's show, which is carrier source. Um, <clears throat> carrier sources carrier review website made for trucking companies to build a fair reputation online while providing brokers and shippers another layer to their vetting process with peer reviews of carriers every active carrier has a free profile they can claim and update to get found by the 250,000 plus brokers and shippers using carrier source to find their next carrier be sure to check them out online at carriersource.io thanks to carrier source for uh, sponsoring today's show and in fact we're looking forward to talking with Clara from Carrier Source here a bit later in this episode. But to kind of set the stage for today's topic, again, it's titled Making Good Impressions. The idea is to discuss an issue that seems to be causing a lot of problems for a lot of fleets across the country. I would say probably every week I get at least three or four calls or emails, uh, typically from smaller carriers, asking for help improving their various safety metrics and telling us that they've essentially been blacklisted by brokers or shippers for one reason or another. And so the question is, how do they do that? How do they, how do they go about improving the reputation uh, with their customers or better yet, how can carriers keep themselves out of that situation to begin with by building up a good image? Um, and so that's the topic of today's show. I'm glad to have Rob with me today as co-host because Rob, I know you've seen this kind of from both sides of the equation. You've been both on the broker side. You've also owned your own motor carrier. So I guess I'll start with a question to you, which is what do you think makes, what would you say makes a particular carrier attractive to a, a broker or shipper? What are the things that, that, uh, brokers and shippers are looking for in a good carrier partner? Um, from the broker side, you know, one of the first things that we had to do was, you know, when I first started brokering, that was what was really beat into me by, by the company that I worked for at the time before I got my own broker authority. And then I carried that into mine too. So 
you know, their their struggle was constantly to make sure that you're you're an intermediary for this freight. So whoever you ultimately assign it to can have a negative effect on you uh, as a broker. I mean, you had to work, you had to do those cold calls, you had to get that that shipper to actually allow you to broker their freight. And that's not always the easiest thing in the world to do. I hated the cold call thing. And um, people just, shippers get finicky and they get uh, they get set with their own brokers and, and comfortable. But one of the first things that they look at is safety scores. They go right into SMS and they look at what are, what are your, what is your rating first? Um, and do you even have an authority second? Um, so there's a lot of different things to look at. To make sure that if they're going to give you that freight as uh, as a carrier, that you're going to make sure that it gets there for their customer, uh, beginning to end safe in one piece and on time. And um, most care mo- most brokers and most shippers aren't. They don't want to see the the conditionals, um, and obviously, definitely not unsatisfactory because you're not going to be running anyway. But well, really, they're looking for satisfactory or unrated, or you're just not generally going to get the work unless it's just a garbage broker that'll give it to anybody. So um, it starts there, and then from there, you know, you can go through and start looking at different sites for for reputation, which kind of gets into into where carrier source brings brings it into perspective for everybody. Uh, so ultimately, it's a safety thing. But then it's a time management thing. You know, are they going to get it there on time? So it, it's all kinds of different things that brokers look at. Yeah, on that safety side of thing, I think it's important to point out, you know, the reason why shippers and brokers care so much about the safety aspect of this thing is that they have real skin in the game. I've said this on other shows before, but, um, you know, if, if they pick a carrier who's an unsafe carrier to haul the freight either on their behalf or behalf of their customers. And then the driver for that carrier goes and kills somebody or seriously injures someone, you know, more and more, this wasn't all that common. Maybe, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, but it is becoming increasingly common for the plaintiffs in those cases to sue, not only the the motor carrier, but also going on up the chain to the broker and to the shippers looking for the deep pockets, because oftentimes <clears throat> you know, that motor, motor carrier, it may be a small carrier. They're carrying the minimum amount of commercial auto liability insurance that they're required to carry, which is $750,000. $750,000, that has been the limit since the 80s. $750,000 does not go that far in, in, in 2023. Uh, and so an injure, a seriously injured plaintiff or, or a deceased plaintiff, uh, the amount of damages uh, they're looking at for those particular cases is going to far exceed $750,000, the limit of that policy. And so the question is, where do they go after that? Well, if it's a small carrier, they probably don't have anything else other than that insurance. And so, there is, so you're not going to get your relief there. So now we have to start looking up the chain and this is where you start to see broker and shipper liability and and becoming more uh, prominent in the last decade or so. Um, and we've seen cases where brokers and shippers have been held liable um, for substantial sums in connection with highway accidents. And so, you know, they're, they're watching this and to minimize their own exposure to those types of damages, they have to do what they can to make sure that they are handing the freight off to safe carriers, that they have done their own due diligence to make sure that the carrier they're going to give the freight to has at least 
at minimum, these things that you've talked about, Rob, so that, that they at least have a valid DOT number. You, you can imagine how it would play to a jury if I'm the broker and it turns out that I handed the freight off to a carrier that didn't even have a DOT number. I mean, that's going to be, uh, you know, lights out for you, essentially. I mean, you get you are expected to use reasonable care is the point when you are a, a broker or a shipper in selecting the motor carriers that you're going to tender freight to. And that involves some basic checks, making sure they got a valid DOT number, making sure they got the right operating authority, making sure they got the right insurance. And then safety rating is another common one. Like you said, a lot of carrier, a lot of brokers and shippers don't want to do business with a carrier that has anything other than a satisfactory rating or no rating at all. Uh, conditional rating causes, uh, throws up some red flags. So the point is shippers and brokers have real skin in the game here. And that's why they are concerned, particularly with the safety aspects. But you also mentioned some others I'm interested to get your thoughts on um, just kind of uh, things outside of the safety realm that a broker or a shipper might be uh, looking at. The ones that always come to mind are like how, you know, I'm always a little bit nervous if I'm a broker about, you know, the, that motor carriers interaction with my customers, how do they, you know, how are they going to present themselves to my shipper and, and receiver customers and stuff like that? What other kind of things other than safety related are, are brokers and shippers looking at in your experience? Well, price is a big one, but outside of that, um, I mean, going a little bit back to that was it's due diligence, but just like you would do your due diligence when you're hiring a driver, there's due diligence when you're hiring a carrier. So it's not all about the paperwork and the safety rating. A lot of it goes to, you know, in some, in some ways it's hard to do this because you're not, especially with over the road fleets, you're not seeing these everywhere, you know, especially if it's a small fleet, but you look at companies out there like old dominion, um, they, they, their entire thing, their entire premise of it's our brand is good. Our reputation is good. Our drivers look clean. Walmart's the same way. You know, you look at a Walmart driver and you know, they drive for Walmart. Their equipment is clean. Their equipment is maintained. Their out of service rate is good. Um, so it's, it's, you, you really want to look at the whole picture from a due diligence standpoint. Like, like I said, from just like you would hire a driver, you're not just looking at what's on the application. You're looking at everything you know, in between. Um, and then there's the insurance side of things. So if you've got high value commodities, you don't want to give it to somebody who's just got the bare minimum $750,000 in coverage. So um, it's, it's, it's a lot more to it than simply just looking at the safety piece and, you know, going from there. One of the things that we did not have when I was a broker was carrier source. These things didn't exist at that time. So really what we had to go on was, really one of three things um, or one of two things actually. So we, we would throw a board, we would throw the load out on, on that. We would get, depends on the lane. I mean, if it was like a California to Norfolk, you'd get a thousand phone calls. It looked like uh, boiler room, uh, the movie boiler room, but it was just call after call after call. And then you were constantly trying to screen people and get the best rate. That was the old school way of doing things. And then we just had to screen them by what you could get off of line. But now you've got carrier source and, um, and other things like Yelp and Trustpilot and all these things that, that basically rate everything from Foley safety service to um, Old Dominion freight lines. So you, it's everywhere. You, you have this huge level of public data that, that kind of pushes that information to you. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into uh, to the guest that we're going to bring on today. I'm excited to have uh, Clara Flaherty with us from Carrier Source, co-founder of Carrier Source. Welcome, Clara. 
Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for being with us today. We really appreciate you joining us. Appreciate Carrier Source partnering with us to uh, sponsor this episode. And we're excited to talk to you about this idea of making good impressions. So before we get started, for folks who may not be familiar with you, I uh, wanted to see if you can give us your background and, and how you made your way into trucking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the beginning of my career was was certainly not uh, in trucking. I, I came from actually G2, which is a competitor to Trust Pilot, Rob, <laughs> which you... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. So that's, we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> but uh, I spent, you know, the, the first six years of my career um, at G2 and really eating, sleeping, breathing user reviews. And that's really where my background um, is and where a lot of my passion is. Um, I found my way into trucking by one of my uh, coworkers at G2, left G2 in November of 2020 and started Carrier Source. Um, and when he first was starting it, I was like, okay, Rob, like, cool, good luck, <laughs> you know, have fun. Um, just because I didn't know really anything about the industry. Um, and then about two years later, he gave me a call and he was like, hey, what if you came and did marketing and, uh, you know, built out our, our user base and our reviews uh, here in, instead of G2? Um, and I thought about it a lot and, you know, it's, he was a startup and it was obviously, you know, leaving a career that I've loved and I've had for a long time coming to um, a new space, but it was exciting. So I joined and I've been here now a year and a half uh, helping, helping really build out what this site is and, and, and figuring out more and more how we can help the carriers. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir there in terms of kind of the nerves that get uh, built up when you're talking about starting a new venture. I experienced that myself uh, starting up Truck Safe, but um, nothing more fulfilling uh, about it really once you get it going and once it starts to get some level of success. So um, kudos to you for making that jump. And uh, so what is Carrier Source for those not familiar with the service? Maybe you can get us the elevator pitch uh, about Carrier Source. Yeah. So the easiest way to explain it, and I think the thing that clicks the most for people is is the Yelp for trucking companies. So we have a profile for every single carrier out there and you can come in and we, we pull in FMCSA safety and insurance information. And then we pair that alongside with information that the, the company itself wants to provide. So equipment type, shipment type, lanes they run, states of operation, um, updated contact info, if what they registered with the FMCSA isn't anymore the, the best person to be um, that, that main point of contact. Uh, and then we also pull in reviews from verified brokers and shippers. Um, so for somebody to write a review on our site, to review a carrier, they need to sign up, they need to be able to prove they are who they say they are, and they also need to be able to prove that they've worked with that carrier. Um, so we offer that that extra level of, of verification that you know a Google review doesn't necessarily provide. What's that verification process look like? So a lot of my time at G2 was spent figuring out exactly how we can spot scammers and how we can uh, properly moderate so that we make sure that only good reviews are coming through. I can't tell you everything because then that is a uh, I don't want any trade secrets here. Okay, well, it's a guideline for how scammers then can like, okay, like, you know, figure out the system. Um, but we, we do our due diligence by looking, you know, looking up social media profiles. Do they have a business email? Um, we ask them for a screenshot when they write a review. So redacted rate con, emails with them and the carrier, um, some kind of level of proof that they actually did work with that carrier. Um, we also have a human read every single review before it goes up. We're not using any you know machines and that's something that we're really passionate about. It's just like, no, we wanna have a real set of eyes on every single review because this, reviews are important and they do make or break a business and we believe that. 
They are important. I, I Like I said at the start of the show, if you were listening in, um, I would say probably three or four times a week I'm getting calls from uh, carriers who, who tell me that they essentially, they think they have been blacklisted by a particular broker, uh, or shipper. And they, a lot of times are referencing some site, some sort of review site where they either have a bad review on that, on that site or the data that is filtering into that site is casting them as a, um, you know, as a, as an unsafe carrier or something, uh, something like that. So I, I guess this is kind of the, the million dollar question for those types of carriers, but I'll pose it to you. You know, if a carrier finds themselves in, in that type of situation, whether it's your site or a competitor site, what, what's your advice to them to, to start to get things cleaned up and make themselves more appealing to their potential customers? Yeah. And that's a great question. And, and one of the reasons that we built carrier sources, we, we are actively trying to invite carriers into the conversation. Like you see a lot of these other sites that are, um, that are out there, they they kind of block the carrier out. Like it's like, okay, like for example, Carrier 411 will just straight up be like, do not call. If you're a carrier, I'm not speaking to you. Like do not reach out. Um, and that's, that's debilitating for the carrier. That stops the trucking company from having any kind of conversation or any kind of resolution. Um, so we encourage, you know, okay, if you get a negative review, number one, that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, negative reviews put some level of, um, validation to the rest of your reviews. You know, if I'm looking up a product on Amazon and I see all five-star reviews and nothing negative, I'm like, okay, that's probably <laughs> bullshit. You know, like there must have someone had a bad experience. But, you know, that one or two negative reviews automatically gives a layer of verification. They're like, okay, these other reviews are probably correct. Um, and then a negative review also gives you a good opportunity to win back business. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. So if you get this negative review, um, that's someone telling you, here's what I hated about you know, this experience and you have an opportunity to, to fix it. If, if it's something that you, you know, is fixable, if it's not fixable, even responding and being like, thanks so much for this feedback. We're doing our best to, you know, remedy this. We invite you to come back and, you know, we've made these steps to, to figure this out and please come back and work with us again and give us another try. Um, what do you do to encourage chippers and brokers to leave reviews? Because, you know, just thinking about this in my own experience, it's tough to get people to leave feedback, particularly good feedback, you're you're more inclined to leave feedback. Leave feedback when you've got a bad experience, obviously. But it's tough getting people to give you positive feedback. So, are there things that you guys do to encourage your shipper and broker uh, customers to leave feedback? Yeah, we do offer incentives for for reviews. So we'll throw you like a five dollar gift card uh, if you leave a review on your experience. Um, we don't try. We don't separate between like you know, leave a positive review and we'll give you $5 or a negative review. It's just like give, write a review, share your experience. What we have noticed is that so many more of our reviews are positive than negative. And I think really? it's because there is this like, the industry has been stacked for a long time in, you know, not in favor of the carrier necessarily. So I think brokers and shippers who work with great carriers are like, yeah, I would like to thank them. Like they've done a really good job for me over the past three years or whatever. And giving them some kind of, of token of gratitude in, in the form of a review. Um, and then you get five bucks out of it. You know, why not? <laughs> Starbucks gift card. Yeah. Starbucks. Who, who, who could turn that down? <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, what are you, um, 
I assume in the course of kind of building out the system and, and, and that type of stuff, you got a lot of feedback from brokers and shippers in terms of what they want to see out of, or what kind of data they want to see about their potential carrier partners. What, what are the main things that you've taken away from that, uh, those experiences? What, what is it that shippers and brokers are looking at? Um, what are they interested in looking at in particular? Yeah. Um, I think one thing that, that we're definitely seeing is people are using us as a as a checkpoint to see like, okay, does this carrier have reviews? Even if they're bad reviews, like, is this person real? Especially with all the, the fraud that's happening now, like, you know, that's very buzzwordy, but like all the double brokering that, that is going on and all the scamming that's happening, people are just looking for some level of verification. They're like, okay, is this person who they say they are? And even if they did a bad job, like, it's like, okay, well, they were real, like their truck showed up late, but they... <laughs> delivered it you know what i mean um so people are using us to see like does this carrier have any review does this carrier have some sort of online presence some sort of thing showing that they are who they say they are and they're not just one of these spun up mcs um to you know to take and, and rebroker freight um are so you finding a lot of situations where brokers and shippers are weighing in in reviews about double brokering i because I, i'm with you i mean that seems to for whatever reason over the last three or four years, I've seen a lot more chatter online about double brokerage, making it seem like it's becoming an increasingly difficult problem to deal with. Are you seeing that as well? We are. We we just started releasing um, lists that we release every month of like, here are the new carriers that have been flagged for double brokering in our system. Um, so we're up to, we've got 581 carriers so wow. far that have flagged for double brokering. Um, and I think the other thing that, that we're trying to do is we're trying to make everything public. Like, I think what's happening is like a lot of brokerages are finding that like, okay, this, this was a double broker. And then being like, okay, don't tell anyone about that. That's proprietary information. <laughs> Whereas like, we're just being like, okay, here are the double brokers, like check them out. Don't use them or use them if you, if you want, but, um, fair warning, you know? Yeah better to have the information than not. Rob, I feel like I'm dominating this conversation. Do you, do you have any questions? Uh, the, the only thing I was going to say earlier is, um, you know, when, when we were talking about kind of the voice of customer thing, I think that drives a lot. And whether it's good or bad, that that voice kind of validates that the carrier is real. And, you know, the fraud is a big thing. And that, that was some of my questions that I had had outlined was in the fraud side of things, because, you know, we've seen, especially recently with cargo freight, where uh, carrier um, basically criminals have been posing as carriers and going and picking up loads, and and then that's that's how they're stealing some loads. So there's that piece of it. But back to the voice of the customer side, it's you know I think your site ultimately gives carriers an effective showcase uh, or an effective way to showcase their strength their strengths and their capabilities um, to, to potential shippers and brokers through those reviews and that voice of customer, even if it's just to say that they're a real carrier, uh, yeah. because I think just proving that someone is a real carrier in 2023 is, is something in and of itself. So um, that that's where I was going to go with the first piece. And, and then obviously moving into the, to the fraud side, um, do you, do you besides the reviews are there any specific tools and resources that that carrier source has that help shippers and brokers identify fraudulent carriers or i know you mentioned some earlier in terms of the screen screenshot etc validation so we also have started implementing a system where if a carrier has the same registered address or phone number as another carrier on our site 
there's a flag that shows up that's just like, hey, there are some related carriers uh, to this carrier. And goal of that is hoping to, you know, obviously there are perfectly acceptable and perfectly reasonable reasons that um, someone might have the same phone number or same address as as another carrier. Not many. Not (laughs) not many. Uh, Exactly. Not many. So we do we do raise that as another level of like, hey, you should maybe check this out before you work with this carrier. Like, is this a reasonable, you know, reason for them having this or is there something something maybe awry? Yeah, I know John Rogers, I think on LinkedIn, I think he had I think it was him that put uh, he had he had found that one of his carriers that he had that he had chosen was at an address with like 22 other carriers. So he kind of got skeptical at that point and then realized, yeah, you know, it was it was a double broker deal. But um, anyway, so. Yeah. And I, I know there was there's like somebody has been spinning up using the same email of WTF FMCSA at AOL.com. There's like 300 carriers in our site that have been spun up with that email address. And it's people trying to alert the FMCSA <laughs> that maybe something is up if they are having this easy of a time. But it's funny, like when we go through new companies that have come up, it's like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> As the trailer pickups, have you seen any other common scams or schemes that, that carriers should, you know, are, are or that carriers are being subjected to outside um, of the broker deal. Outside of the double brokering, I know there's been, I, like you said, like a lot of a lot of cargo theft, um, and and a lot of people stealing. Like we'll get a lot of emails being like, "This person is using my MC number. They are not me." Um, which that one's just a bummer too, because then that blacklists that MC number, even though it's potentially good people behind it. Which is again why the reviews are important, because it's like, okay, here's what happened here are my 12 reviews, you know, from the last six months that are showing that this is not me anymore. Yeah. Brandon actually has a customer who called me and said, Hey Rob, um, I had a customer call me and there's someone using my DOT number with someone else's email and someone else's phone number. What can I do? And and I'm like, I don't know. Let me look into it, but it's, (laughs) it's happened more than once. Yeah. Yeah. We see it pretty often where, Sometimes it's really egregious like that, but other times it's, you know, maybe a, a former owner operator that had been leased onto a carrier uh, gets terminated from that particular carrier and then doesn't take off the uh, the placards, the, the markings on the side of the truck, and they keep operating, and then they get stopped for an inspection, and those violations end up on that carrier's uh, safety scores, even though that driver's not operating for them anymore. And so the question is, what can you do in there? What, what can you do other than file a data queue and tell them that, hey, that's carrier wasn't operate or this driver wasn't supposed to be operating under our dot number anymore but how do you get them to, to pull off those markings from the side of the truck i mean i've tried everything from calling the local police department to uh to get them involved and see if they can get out there to pull those markings off the side of the truck but it's it's it seems to be a pretty significant issue for for a lot of carriers for sure have the have any of the police departments that you've reached out to like been helpful in that no sense? not really <laughs> <laughs> they've got other things to do 
they're like, yeah. okay, but also this murder that just happened. And you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, like, you better go take care of that first yeah. and then come back. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, uh, that issue comes about in many different ways. Um, so yeah, I, I likewise have heard that that is a problem for a lot of carriers. One of the things you mentioned this, Claire, I, that I, I find interesting about your system as compared to some of the others that I've seen over the years is the ability that you give for carriers to kind of go in and kind of control their own destiny in terms of claiming their account and, uh, and, and, and making themselves, uh, helping with their own reputation rather than some other platforms that just don't, that, that just leave the reviews and then the carriers have no recourse whatsoever. So I was curious if you can kind of walk us through how yours, if I'm a motor carrier, how I can use carrier source to, to help improve my reputation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to try this share screen uh, thing. So yeah, let's see if this works. I, uh, <laughs> this will be the first time I've tried to let a guest share a screen, but uh, we'll give it a lie. shot. All right. Can you guys see it? Uh, hold on one second here. Uh, this is not looking good. There it is. Found it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so on our site, if, if you're a carrier, you can you can go ahead and, and search your DOT or MC number. Um, so, or your company name, if you want. So we'll go to McCall transport, some free advertising for them. Um, and then, uh, if you scroll down just a little bit, if the, if you haven't claimed your profile yet, you can go ahead and, and claim your profile. Um, and then that'll trigger an email to us. That's like, Hey, this person is trying to claim. You'll get a verification email to the email that you registered with the FMCSA. Um, and then you can claim it from there. And then once you've claimed it, you're able to come in here and update all this information. And again, this is all free. Like our, our, our main goal here was to first um, create a site that, that a, a base online presence for every carrier. Um, so free to come in, claim your profile and, and update all this info. So you can update your truck types, shipment types, any specialized services that you run. I'll show you all a carrier that has come in and claimed. Um, that was so, when transport was not me. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I looked up one of your names. Um, but he's come in and put in, this is Harvey, and he's come in and put in, you know, the, the kind of truck he has, the shipments he runs, and then also his, his states of operation. Um, so people know exactly what kind of jobs they can book him for um, and how, you know, how, how they can work with him. Um, and then you can also check out his reviews and, you know, see that, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of great reviews. He responded three days ago. Um, which we obviously encourage and love when carriers are doing that. Um, and you can also throw in pictures of, you know, of your site and, and uh, of your of your truck. And he, he's really proud of how he packs his truck. It's always very neat and clean. So he was like, I'm, I want to show pictures of that. And we're like, cool, throw that in there. It's pretty cool. You're almost giving them like their own personalized website. Like if I, I can imagine for smaller carriers that haven't gone to the length of creating their own website and, and stuff like that, that this would be a valuable way for them to uh, send potential customers a link to their page on your site. Um, do you have a lot of customers that are or a lot of carriers that use it in that way? We do. Yeah. And that, that was part of the idea it was just like, okay, create a base online presence for everybody um, so that there is some kind of, where somewhere that they can update their information if they get another truck or if they start running different kinds of shipments like great put that in there have that one one place that you can send to people as a, as a resource about who you are and what you do i think i, I think also we, saw a link oh go ahead Rem. no i was just going to say i think that's a, one of the best things I, I was surfing your site and uh i think that from from a broker perspective 
it's a really good thing for brokers because back in the day before you existed or, or Yelp existed, you know, I feel old, but, um, when we were doing things like on paper, um, well, what we would have to do is basically keep track of all of our loads over, over years and decades, and then basically put that in an Excel sheet. And we would have to basically search by zip code to say, Hey, what carriers have we used before that were great in this lane? And sometimes you didn't have any, so you didn't have that relationship builder. So you had to go actually out and throw it on DAT. And that's where I think going out of house, out of those relationship driven um, carrier selection processes is when you start to get into people that the unknown, you, you don't know who you're dealing with. And I think one of the things I like best about it was that piece where it kind of shows, hey, we service this area, these lanes. Are, are, and you can even search by, you know, are you conditional or satisfactory or not? I don't know who would search. That's a good question. How many people have gone to your site and searched for a carrier with a conditional rating? But, we, uh, we do get people searching for rating uh, for those. They're going to be cheaper, it. Rob. Right, right. It's, it's <laughs> good rate reducer. Um, but no, I thought that was great because I remember in the old days of having to do it the old way. And then when I saw that, I was this is amazing. You know, we could have made money back then. It's no wonder people like John Rogers and Darnell are, are on LinkedIn shouting how they make so much money. But it's their technology's played a lot in enhancing, you know, a, a carrier's ability uh, to, you know, both showcase their strengths, um, sometimes their weaknesses. But you've got these platforms out there that kind of kind of streamline it for brokers and in, 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 uh, shippers. So, yeah, I thought anyway. the same thing because I think I saw on your homepage that one of the features is to to see the top carriers in a particular region which I thought was, was very valuable. You just click that, you pick out what region you're looking for a carrier in. you click that top carriers and it brings up, seems like it brings up the top rated carriers through your system in that region. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. We default sort by highest rated. Um, and you can search various cities, various States, whatever, whatever you're looking for. But, um, Rob, to your point, that was originally why Rob founded this company as we were talking to, or he was talking to one of his best friends who was a carrier sales rep at a brokerage. And he was like, wow, looks like G2 is raising a lot of money. Like, what do you guys, what do you guys even do? And Rob was explaining it to him. And he was like, okay, if I had that, my life would be so much easier. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. kind of got the wheel spinning for Rob. No, it, it was a big thing. I don't think people, maybe if they brokered forever, they realized how bad it was, but it's the industry has changed so much in, in the data that's available to you now in just a short period of time. I mean, this was, we're only talking, you know, 10, 15 years ago where we were kind of in the stone age in that space. And now you, you can basically go on your site and look up anything you want. Um, yeah. You know, where, where they're running, what their, what their ratings are. And one of the other things I liked about what, you know, the piece that Brandon mentioned with top carriers by region or by market, you know, when I started to select through those on your site, it wasn't just, uh, you know, the big people, yellow, old dominion. It was, it was small carriers. I mean, a lot of them were eight, 10, 20, 30 trucks. So your, your system isn't like shoving all those guys to the bottom to, to prioritize the, you know, the Kings of the industry. So I like that about it as well, but I, I just think it's great that we have so much, so much data available. I mean, really there's not, not really a whole lot of excuse that you should be using bad carriers at this point. Yeah. And that, that is something that we were, that we were passionate about when we were, you know, starting this. And as we continue to build it, like, um, carriers, Oh God, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> we're passionate about it, but I lost my train of thought about it. Um, 
Oh, uh, making just making it so that yeah, you it's not only about not working with the worst carriers and the double brokers. It's also about like finding the best carriers, whether that be yeah. the eight truck, ten truck carrier, or the behemoth carrier, or the mom and pop owner operator. You know, um, helping those carriers rise to the top where they previously have not been able to. The other thing I thought was cool was that it looked like you had a direct link to the safer website from the carrier's profile. So I assume you click that, it automatically takes you to their DOT profile on, on the safer page. Yep. Yeah. We wanted to, we, we very much want to be like, we're collectors of the information and we're sharing all the information that we have and it's, and it's open for you, but then it's for you to kind of sift through and be like, okay, if you need more information on the safety and insurance, like go to that, you know, run into that. Um, yeah. Have there been carriers who kind of used your site, you know, that going back to the voice of customer thing, it's have you've got the reviews. Carriers can go on there and look at the reviews, whether they're positive. Let's just say they're, they're they have a lot of negative. Um, have you seen anybody using your platform that actually, you know, blew it out of the water and, ju- and just really significantly improved that reputation or. Uh, you know, in in lieu of that, their business opportunities by using your platform, kind of encouraging people or their customers to go to your site and leave better reviews because they're trying to to start changing the way they're doing business. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we've we spent a lot of our first couple years just trying to grow the broker shipper audience because it's not a worthwhile place for carriers to be if nobody's looking at it except for right. us. Um, so we spent a lot of time really growing that traffic. So we now have almost 300,000, you know, site visits a month. Um, and we're continuing to grow that. So when people have those reviews and when they turn around their reputation from that negative to the positive, we are showing them the brokerages that are viewing them. And we've, we've connected a lot of carriers with new brokerages that wouldn't have heard of them, but found them because they went to that, you know, top carriers in Louisville, Kentucky, or top carriers in Seattle, Washington. Um, and found this carrier that had risen to the top and, it, you know, checked all the other boxes they needed of equipment type, lanes they run, et cetera. Um, but we are seeing people make those new connections, which is very exciting. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a resource and support as well for carriers, you know, looking to expand their their networks and find new opportunities with reputable shippers. So yeah. yeah. Kind of going both ways on that one. Yeah. And we've, for the last, you know, for a while, we've been focusing a lot on brokerages, but we're really starting to, to dive into shippers now too, as well, and really get more of branch out and push our site into their, their systems too. Yeah. That's probably a good thing because, you know, as a carrier, I coming from being a broker into a carrier, um, I didn't use brokers because I just didn't, not gonna i'm not here to beat up brokers today but (laughs) i just because i was from that world i knew how to call and you know find the carry find the shippers i needed to haul the freight where i wanted to haul it and then call them up and and make the deals myself i didn't need the broker and i think you know adding that piece in there probably would help you know carriers in that regard because it's it's you know just um well help both sides it's not just um the carrier, it's the shipper as well. It's like, are you a legitimate carrier and are you a legitimate shipper? So yeah, it's almost like it's flipping the the table, right? Because we've talked so much to this point about, you know, brokers and shippers using the platform to help them vet their, their motor carrier partners. But at the same time, if I'm a motor carrier, you know, is there, is there ways I can use the system to vet who I want to do business with as a broker or a shipper? Yeah. As of right now, no. But in the next like quarter, we do want to make brokerage profiles and start there, and just being allowing carriers to review the brokerages that they work with. Um, so stay to, tuned. 
So, so stay tuned. <laughs> so stay tuned. And yeah, just because it is it is a very one sided right now. And we get a lot of questions from carriers being like, well, why can't I review them? And it's like, you should be able to. We're going to fix that. <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that. What happens? We had what was the I can't think of the broker that just went out and I, I made a somebody said, what are, what are all these carriers going to do? And I said, well, the seventy five thousand dollar broker bond should cover, you know, the five hundred million dollars freight that's out there. Oh, it's convoy. It was yeah, convoy. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. when, you, when you're a broker that that is that size and you go bad and you only got a seventy five thousand dollar broker bond to cover it. It's like, you know, it, it really goes to who you who should you haul for as well. So both ways for sure. Yep. Yeah. So we've running out of time here, but um, one of the last questions I had, maybe because uh, uh, I think Rob was talking about something brought to mind. You know, in, in our world, Rob, we're we're we occasionally get carriers come to us and and they're talking to us about their safety metrics, their out of service rates and stuff like that. And and one of the things that they're always looking for is, hey, if I've got high out of service rates, driver or vehicle or hazmat or whatever, how do I get those numbers down to make myself look better to brokers and shippers? And and usually the answer is you can't do a whole lot except wait because, you know, eventually those will fall off your score. But the question always comes up, well, can and should I just go volunteer for a roadside inspection to try and get some clean inspections to dilute some of those out of service violations I had? And I kind of see that as akin to the situation with, with reviews through carrier source and, and, and other platforms like it, where if I find myself in the situation, what things can I do? What are some practical tips where I can go and clean up a record that has been damaged by, by bad reviews or something like that? I know we kind of already hit on it a little bit, but maybe I think that would be a good uh, a good place to leave it claire is your top tips for carriers that are looking to uh improve their reputation what what can they do what should they do to uh to make themselves look better to to brokers and shippers yeah i i am curious to your answer on the on do you encourage that they just go get an inspection no, and bad idea oh really oh interesting I okay like yeah I, i've heard so many rob may have different thoughts on this but uh, you know number one uh, most officers won't do it. And number two, those officers that do do it, I worry that, that they are inclined to find something wrong. I mean, you you could probably find something wrong on any, uh, on the cleanest driver and the cleanest truck. And so yeah. if they want to find something wrong, they're going to find something wrong. So the, the risk of getting a violation written up on your report, I think it, it outweighs the benefit of you potentially getting a clean inspection. Rob, what, what are your thoughts on this? Uh oh, we lost your mic, right? Uh, nope, you I'm go. good. It's the button. Um, <laughs> I've I've done it before, both ways. So I've decided not to do it, depending on on the on where they are geographically. So some states I just won't do it because I know that it's not a not necessarily a trucker friendly state. Um, but in Texas, I've done it, and in Florida, I've done it, and especially if you're bringing on, you know, if say we're bringing on 200 new trucks. And I know that they're brand spanking new. They just got delivered. They've got like zero miles on them. We're, we're going to run as many th as they'll inspect. We're going to send them in there and get their, get the CVSA sticker and get as many good inspections as I can to kind of dilute that. And I've, I've gotten it lowered, but I've also failed where we've taken it in and we've gotten, gotten some infractions and it, it, you know, it makes it worse. So it's essentially gambling. It's gambling for sure. <laughs> yeah, so sorry anyway off off track a little bit there 
interesting though. Thank you. Thanks for answering that. Cause I, in my head, I'm like, yeah, you should just go get new inspections. So that's interesting that the, that the answer is, it's not that. Um, <laughs> I think for, for our side, like definitely be responding to your reviews, like know what's being said about you online. Like take, take pride in that and take pride in how you show up online because people are searching for you. Um, people are Googling your company name when you, when you bid on a load or anything like that. Um, so definitely make sure that, that you are controlling that narrative. If you have a bad review, respond to it, invite the person back for more, apologize, I, I, you know, see if there's any truth to what they're saying um, and, and, and fix it. Uh, and then also ask your current customers that you have for reviews, get more reviews from the people who are working with you every day. Um, because that, you know, not, so don't go get new inspections, but do get more reviews because the, the voice of the majority is going to, is going to drown out those one or two bad things. Um, but those one or two bad things will, will offer that, you know, layer of validity to the whole profile. Um, so definitely clean your profile too. Uh, our friend Brian on LinkedIn, he says, uh, some states are probable cause states. They need a reason for an inspection. They are hesitant to do a voluntary for that reason. That's a good point. Some states, mm -hmm. the officers have to have a, a reason to pull over, uh, pull you over and do an inspection. So they couldn't do one voluntarily uh, if they wanted to. Um, so something to keep in mind. But anyway, uh, we are out of time. Claire, that went very, very fast. So, but anyway, we really appreciate you joining us. Where can folks um, get in touch with you or learn more about what you guys are doing over at Carrier Source if they have any questions? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people can reach me at Clara, C-L-A-R-A, at CarrierSource.io. Um, or you can just go to our site, CarrierSource.io, um, and, you you know, reach out, to, reach out to us through there, too. We've got a live chat. So um, definitely, definitely hit us up. Make sure to do that. Uh, thanks again, Clara. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're going to sign off. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Uh, stay tuned for um, our next show. Not sure when it, will, when it will be, probably in the next couple of weeks. Probably it will be the last one before the, before the end of the year. Um, we'll see. Um, but if you have any topic ideas or anything like that, be sure to send them our way. We're always looking for good topics to talk about. You can submit those over at trucksafelive.com. You can also catch our previous episodes there and subscribe to the podcast, stuff like that. Also, be sure to uh, follow us on social media if you're not all already. Uh, we're pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, Rob's very active on LinkedIn. Make sure you're following him. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter, trucksafe.com slash subscribe to get the latest uh, highway transportation news and analysis delivered right to your inbox. Rob, anything else I'm missing? I've got nothing. The only thing I would throw out there is the last piece for brokers for a good impression is you can't do it at the beginning, but you can do it throughout there is the importance of transparency and communi communication between carriers, shippers, brokers that, that builds a lot of trust and maintains good relationships. So that's probably one of the keys, biggest, biggest sure. points I can throw out there for this topic. For sure. All right. Well, as always, uh, Rob, it's great talking with you. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for co-hosting. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will catch you next time. See you.